The 87th episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast is brought to you by Residence Inn by Marriott. Your journey to an unforgettable stay at the hotel in Ocean City, Maryland. Located at 300 Seabay Lane, call 410-723-2222 or find them on the web at residenceinnoc.com. My guest today is Aaron Wyatt. How you doing today, Aaron? How you doing, Hondo? Thanks for having me. Hey, yes. Welcome back. Pleasure to have you on again. Yes, sir. Hey, Aaron, uh, I know some of the listeners know about you, but tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and, you know, maybe where you grew up um, before you get started. Uh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm currently 35 years old. I'm from Williamsville, Maryland. Uh, I graduated from Stephen Decatur High School in 2004. Um, you know, growing up in Whaleyville, you know, not much to do back there. <laughs> really, a country, really a country boy. Um, I spent most of my time, you know, um, outside on the dirt courts and riding four-wheelers and dirt bikes and things like that. Um, you know, I started to gain a love of basketball, you know, when I uh, when I left Chester, Pennsylvania, where I spent um, a majority of my, I would say, probably from my first to fourth grade year. Fourth grade year, I was in Chester, Pennsylvania with my mother. Uh, you know, that's where I grew the love for, for basketball. And then I just, when I came to Whaleyville with my grandmother, you know, that that's all I knew. So really every day, <laughs> early every day after school, coming home, like I said, not much to do, man. So, you know, basketball was kind of like a go-to for me um, as far as just, you know, burning time and just uh, when, when people started to see, you know, coming, you know, the skills and the talent I have, it just, it just became a part of me, really. Fantastic. Well, let me tell my little listeners a little bit about you before we get started. Okay. Aaron is a former professional basketball player uh, who presently is an assistant basketball coach for the Stephen Decatur High School girls basketball team. Aaron helped lead his junior college team, Cecil Community College, to the national championship. He competed, he completed his playing days at Georgia Southwestern and beca- became an All-American. He majored in recreation before starting his professional career. Congratulations, Aaron. You've had an prof- uh, impressive career so far. Thank you. Yes. And um, tell my listeners a little bit about the Stephen Decatur girls basketball team. Um, man, we, um, you know, we, we came a long way, man. Um, my first year at Decatur was two years ago, uh, pre-COVID, you know. And, um, right. you know, then we had... You know, I, I think Decatur's girls basketball team, I would say probably within the past decade, has always been filled with good athletes, not necessarily basketball players. Um, right. And, you know, we've kind of been getting by just because of the athleticism of these, you know, soccer players and lacrosse players because, you know, they're, you know, they're good on their feet, man. They can cover the floor well, and they also always could defend. But, you know, this year the difference, I think, is that we have a team that's, that's full of actual basketball players, but basketball is their number one sport. Um, and I think that's the difference um, with, with any other team or girls team that's, that's been at Decatur is that, um, you know, all these girls love basketball and, and basketball is their number one go-to. So that carries over to the interest and the focus, even in the off-season, preseason. We didn't put in a lot of work, man, you know, to get where, where we're at. But, um, you know, we're hungry. We're hungry. They love the game. They love being in the gym. And um, I think that that speaks volumes to, you know, why we are where we are right now, 11 to know on the base side um, and, and looking to, you know, you know, make make some history here at Decatur. 
Well, I've seen them play, and they, they compete, compete very well. And uh, as a supporter, I hate to tell you this, but I arrived at the game, which I thought was a game last Thursday, and I was the only car in the parking lot. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware that school had been let out early because of snow that day. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. We were. I think we all were pretty upset that day, but I think the girls – the girls are looking forward to seeing you at the games, man. They're starting to ask where you're at. So you, you better make sure you make it as many as you can. Oh, Lord, I'm about to start it <laughs> something. <laughs> For sure. Hey, I know you love basketball. and uh, But I was surprised to see, uh, uh, besides basketball, your favorite sport was football. Um, you played it football at Stephen Cater, correct? Yeah, yeah, man. I I actually love football. Uh, football. I, I got more interest for football than basketball in high school. Really? Yeah, I did, man. Cause you know, I when I was in high school, especially my junior, senior year. I mean, we were top team on the baseline in general. You know, I also, you know, my senior year, I played with Ben Tate. You know, who was a um, right a sophomore players like Ronnie Shockley. You know, just right. naming some of the players who were, you know, you, you hear those names, you know, those guys, you know, were, were the real deal on the football field. So, right. um, yeah, we, we were good, man. And, um, you know, I just got a lot of recognition for my height, my speed, and my position. You know, I was like a 6'3", six, 6'4", six, cornerback. And um, I went to, like, some seven-on-seven seven camps and stuff at Navy and things like that. And I just got a lot of interest. But, wow. yeah, my, my love was always with basketball. But football was something I played. And all my friends just played it, you know, but I was an athlete. So, man, I was, you know, I was good. I was good, man. I was the first team, you know, junior and senior year. So, you know, I definitely, uh, definitely was a force on the football field as well. Where were some of the places, schools you got interest from, from in football? Football. I think my high, probably my, my highest, Toledo, JMU. Um, wow. Yeah, they were like low mid-major division ones, man. JMU, Toledo. Good um, off the top of my head were two that I can that I can remember that were kind of consistent as far as you know what do you want to do you gonna play even some some um you know some people who were watching games who had connections with football were also thinking about trying to send me to a JUCO um right sending me out there for two years and then trying to go into you know the SEC or something like that and play see if they could develop me into like a you know like a, a college bound cornerback but. Like I said, the love for it wasn't there. You know, when you're going to college and you're playing a sport, man, you got to love it. You know, you got to – it's so time-consuming and so much work you got to put in to even touch the field or the playing court. So you got to love it, man. And oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't love football. I like playing it, but I, I love basketball. Right. Yeah. Um, you coached a couple years for Worcester Prep uh, with Scott Daly, correct? Yeah, I did. I did. Tell me about your experience there. Um, when I started, when I started at Worcester, I was kind of even skeptical of going over there, to be honest. Uh, right, I'm sure. I, 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 yeah, I didn't know if I wanted to do it, man, to keep it real. You know, I talked to some <laughs> people about it, you know, um, but Scott, Scott was a big influencer on that, you know, um, right. me and Scott um, eventually became very, very close. I didn't know Scott really at all before I started, but well, okay. I talked to him a couple of times on the phone. Met with him once or twice, and um, after after getting his vibe and his vision of what he wanted to do, um, I was like, okay, like yeah, I, I can get down with this guy. You know, competitive. He knew the game. You know, yeah. um, so I, I knew right then that like, okay, you know, I'm gonna try this out. And um, we went over there, man, and 
you know, I think, you know, we were in the finals both years. And I, I, I would say that that team that we coached over there could have competed in the Bayside for sure, man. We were we were a pretty good team. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tell me about your experience at Cecil Community College. I, every time I talk about Cecil, man, I, I tell people, man, like, if if you're not a, if you're not if you're not a dog, man, I, I, you can't survive at Cecil. Not not when I was there. I mean, that, they had that's good coach. What, what's that? You had a good coach there. Oh my God, this is my you know the the best coach I've ever had was there. Um, you know, it was the hardest thing I would probably have to say I've been through, but mm. probably definitely the best and the most beneficial thing I've, I've ever experienced just from a, a work ethic standpoint and, and really seeing, you know, what, what you're capable of, of achieving. Um, you know, when I got there, I think I told you this story before, but like I said, my first two weeks at sea, so I was ready to, you know, come home, you know, I was ready to quit. And <laughs> um, yeah, man, like for real, I was literally on the phone. Um, we had a we had a five thirty a.m. track uh, the next morning. We had been doing that five days a week, and I mean every consistent five thirty a.m. every morning. You're on the track. You got to make a six minute mile directly after that. You leave. You go to the gym. We have in- individuals for an hour and a half. And if, if people don't know what an individual is, it's just breakdown stuff for your position. So it would be like me and like four other guards, but. Um, we would just go through a series of skills, skills training, things like that. And then after that, directly hit the weight room. And then after that, we got class all day, you know. So uh. <laughs> you hit class all day and then you think it's over, right? You're like, oh, yeah, you had a tough morning after class. Class is over around three in the afternoon, back in the gym. You know, you got, <laughs> you got conditioning for an hour and then you got open gym for another hour and a half and – we're talking about a powerhouse school at this time. I mean, we were we were the best JUCO in the nation. You know what I mean? Um, we were ranked number one the majority of the time I was there, my 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 uh, first and second year. So, um, there were always coaches in our gym. I mean, from Bobby Knight, Bill Donovan, uh, mm. Tubby, Tubby Smith. Um, you know, I can I can keep going, man. But I seen wow. them all. They've all been there, and this was this was when Bobby Knight was at Texas Tech. And um, he was he mm. was re- he was recruiting a guard actually from Wahai. That went to Wahai was a JUCO a guard there, and ended up um, ended up uh, getting recruited by Texas Tech. You know, so um, okay. he was always he was always in the gym. So, um, you know, seeing those different coaches and going around and just being being a player being a player that that I wanted to be in front of those coaches really brought out a lot of me. What what happened when you you were thinking about leaving or quitting and and you called home? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that just had, that had a lot to just that had a lot to do with my uh, <laughs> you know Decatur Decatur didn't it didn't really prepare me um, for for just the challenge and the, the work ethic that Cecil did. Like I said, that coach demanded a lot out of me. And he he demanded it right away, but I wasn't used to working like that. You know, I wasn't right. used to pushing my body to those extremes. I mean, literally waking up, can't feel your body. <laughs> oh, man, it was just a series of things. Then, my, you know, I just felt drained. I felt, like, defeated. And, you know, with me being young, if I didn't have the support, like, around me as far as my teammates and um, people who really believed in me, I, mean, I probably would have ended up home. So... <laughs> I called my grandmother and my mom and told them I wanted to come home. And like I said, they said 
you know, look, you can come home, but only thing is, if you come home, you can't, you can't stay here. So, How? yeah, man, wow. You know? <laughs> and that was the thing for me that kind of, if it wasn't for them being being the, the women that they were and are, um, then I, you know, wow. I could have easily been back home, and you know, who knows where I would be right now. You know, I probably maybe not even be coaching. You know what I mean? It's just things yeah. like that you think about, man, and um. Hey, you look back on it. Yeah, man. So they they definitely played a role in my success in college because they 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 seen the good of me, but they also didn't let me underachieve either. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know, winning the national uh, junior championship uh, while you're at CESA must have been exciting. Tell tell me about that game. Well, that was a big build up to it. Yeah, it was the the national championship was always held in Danville, Illinois. Um. And it's just a big platform, you know. It's a huge platform to go out there. And every year I was at CISA, we were there, you know. Wow. So, you know, it was like a thing. Like like I said, we were definitely a powerhouse. Like, coaches knew it. I mean, every coach from the ACC, I won't say every coach from the ACC, but a lot a lot of the bigger conferences, Big 12, those coaches, man, they were, like I said, they were in our gyms or at our games. Wow. Um, and, and this was on a consistent basis. Uh, but – um, yeah, being out there, and, and it's, it's so competitive. So all the players we played against when we were at Nationals, I mean, the first seven or eight on every roster was going big time. You know, they were going somewhere. Right. So, you know what I mean? You always have, have your eyes on, eyes on you, and you know you got to go out there and perform. But I think our coach knew and everyone else knew that we were the type of guys that were prepared for that. We were just at JUCO for, for other factors or other reasons, you know, whether it was just trying to get our academics up or, you know, working on our skill set and getting bigger, faster, stronger. It was something that kind of held us back from going Division One straight out of high school. Right. And, and we, we needed that grooming before we could actually get there to help us be successful, you know, while we were there. But um, the atmosphere is crazy, man. You know, you're playing at a high level. Everyone's good. Everyone can play. Um, you know, you got you got high-level coaches looking at you. And it's just a place and time where you just got to be locked in, man, and you got to show that you belong belong on that stage. You know, you got, you know, thousands of people watching you as well. So um, that, that was a different feeling in itself. But at the same time, with you being anxious and nervous and being out there, you also know the work you put in. And you also know that you belong out there and you can play with them guys, man, especially coming from the Eastern Shore. That means a lot when you can go halfway across the country, you know, step into a gym of guys all going high major and you go in there and, and you and you beat them. You know what I mean? So, right, right. <laughs> you know, that yeah. means a lot, man. It's kind of like showing where you're from and showing that we play ball down here and that we can compete with literally, you know, any juco in the world, man. Well, congratulations on that. That was a great feat. Um. Tell me about South Dakota State. <sighs> South Dakota, this this story kind of this story hurts me a little bit, man. But a lot of people, it's funny how how a lot of people don't even know this this transpired with me, and and why I didn't go to South Dakota State. So I was getting recruited by them, obviously when I was at Cecil. Um, I know it was South Dakota State, Mississippi State, San Diego State, um, Towson. Those were just some of the schools that were kind of recruiting me at the time. And I took South Dakota State was my first was my first visit. And I took the visit out there and everybody in my family and everybody didn't want me to go. South Dakota, South Dakota, would you go away out there for all do it snow and all that? You know, <laughs> you know, my grandma, you know, I ain't getting on no plane riding out there, you know, all that. I'm hearing all that, you know. So <laughs> so I'm like, 
I go take the visit out there, land in Sioux Falls, which is like a major city in South Dakota. And right. so we, when I when we land in Sioux Falls, I'm like, okay, I'm out here, you know. But little did I know, I still got a two and a half hour car ride, you know, from <laughs> from the <laughs> from the airport all the way there. So I got a good look at South Dakota. That's why I brought that up because as I'm riding, you know, you want to look and see what's out here, right? You know, and it wasn't nothing, Hondo. You know what I mean? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like nothing. When I tell you nothing, like, you know, we talk about Whaleyville, Bishopville, we think, no, I mean nothing. And um, so, you know, but at the same time, I was kind of used to it. It's not like we got a lot, you know, where we from, but right, right. still it was like, we got more than this. And um, <laughs> so when we pulled up to the campus, campus is beautiful. It's huge, huge campus, great coaching staff. Um, you know, they were bringing back some returners. I think the guy who was leaving the year I was about to come, he was on the draft board. He got drafted. He went to the league in, like, the second round. Wow. Um, so they were producing guys, and they were getting a lot of professional attention, which is something that I, I, I was interested in because, you know, obviously everyone, my dream, you know, I just I wanted to try my best to get in the draft and make it to the league. Right. So, um, and and I would have been I would have been the the oldest guard on that team if I if I had eventually went there. So there were some factors that that made me eventually sign there. Um, after talking to the coach, I played with the guys on my visit and all that. And obviously, as soon as I got done playing, you know, the coach was like, you know, they they kind of they, they they cornered me in in the office and was just kind of like, look, man, we need you, we want you here. You know, we could get you to that next level. They knew I wanted to play pro. You know, things like that. So I, I think it was a combination of them saying the right things and me also thinking it was a good fit. And um, I knew I only had two years to play being a Juco player. Right. You know, I only had two years. It's not like, you know, some kids coming to college, they got four years to prove themselves. I had two. You know, so I had to go somewhere where I could play right away and, you know, somewhere where I could be an instant impact. I didn't really have time to do the whole development thing and all that. I had to come in somewhere where I could really – they would give me the key to the program, and I felt like that school was it. So um, I ended up signing there, man. You know, I ended up signing there. My hotel room was full, filled with posters, like, of me. and You know, they did a lot, man. They did a lot to try to get me there, and they, they, <laughs> it, it worked. It worked. You know, I ended up signing. They sent me back with a whole bunch of gear to get in my family and all that. So – I was a I was a South Dakota. I think they were Jackrabbits. I think that's their mascot. So I was I was officially signed with South Dakota State. Um, it was on the it was on the website and everything. And then I was taking two summer classes at the time: anatomy ca- a class and a physics class, which came with a lab, which each one of them. And I needed to pass those classes in order to be D one eligible. You know, um, right. and I ended up failing the anatomy class. So when I failed that class and South Dakota found South Dakota State found out, um, they had to revoke my scholarship. You know, they had to pull my scholarship. So wow. I had to, um, you know, obviously that was devastating news for me because I wanted to go there and I knew the opportunity it would present for me. But um, with them pulling my scholarship that late and totally my fault, you know, I was young, just just wasn't locking in on my academics the way I was supposed to that summer. And yeah. um and I, I immediately, when I got the news, my junior college coach, Coach Lewis, you know, called me in. We sat down. And, we, you know, this is late summer when this is happening, Hondo. So right. I, I had two weeks, two and a half weeks to, to to pick another school. Right. You know what I mean? So because I didn't find out I failed that class. This was summer courses I was taking. 
And when I found out, I had literally two weeks to decide and pick a school without even uh, taking a visit, you know? Yeah. So I had to really rely on my coaches, um, you know, knowledge of, you know, my game style, coaches he knew, um, you know, and, and really like, all right, Aaron, like with my experience with you, I think you could thrive at these places, you know? Right. And, um, you know, so I went with Georgia Southwestern, man. I talked to Coach Leader. Um, who was the coach down there? He's actually the head of athletics now there at, at the university now, but he was the head coach at that time. Okay. Um, I talked to him. He talked about how much you know he reviewed my film and all the all the good reports he was getting from other coaches and things like that. He was like, you know, you would be the last piece, you know, to our team that we would need, man, that could take us take us places. So I ended up going there, man. I, I trusted my JUCO coach, and um, I ended up signing the Georgia Southwestern, where I eventually became an All American that year. Oh, congratulations. Yep. Man, what were some of the teams you played against? Um, So we played in the Peach Belt Conference. That was like uh, we played against like South Carolina, South Carolina, Aiken, Columbus State, um, Valdosta State, Augusta State, um, Savannah State, Armstrong Atlantic, um, Albany, Albany State. So and it's a it's a tough conference, man. Like you got a bunch of guys from Alabama, Mississippi. You know, all those, all those floater guys kind of like, you know, that could be D1 guys, man got in trouble, or you never know, but that, that man land at a D2, right. um, they, that, that conference was full of guys like that. So it was very competitive, like a very physical conference, you know, because you're down south, so those guys know where the weight oh, room yeah. is down there, man. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's a different type of basketball. You know, they, they strong, right. half-court style basketball down there, but my style of play was different. So like I added to our system there and, um, you know, I'm, I'm more, more like a running gun, run the floor, dunk, you know, all that type of stuff where they're, they're more of a slow half court, strong type of conference. But, um, you know, I thrived in it, man. The team I played for, we played fast and, um, you know, I had the green light, but, um, yeah, it was good. That's what we played against though. But a majority of those schools. I'm proud to see that you majored in recreation at, um, Georgia. Uh, South question. Yeah, and uh, I think you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, like career wise right. at all, when I was when I was choosing recreation. Um, but this was also when I was spending, and you know this better than anybody. I know like how much I was in the gym, right? When I was when I was trying to, you know, find a job, you know, to play, you know, and things like that. Or when I was home, I was in the gym all the time, but. Being at the rec center so much and working out there and, um, you know, seeing your job and seeing what you was doing as far as creating youth programs and things like that, I also thought that may, that may be something that I want to do. So that really had an influence on me um, choosing a recreation major as well. Just like, okay, you know, major, maybe if I have this in my back pocket when I'm done playing, I could kind of do it, you know, what Hondo's doing. Because, you know, as a kid, I've been there ever since I was in fourth, fifth grade. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and kind of seeing what you were doing, I, you know, especially when you don't really don't know what you want to do. Right. I felt as though that was something that, that could be an option for me. So I think that's why. I um I chose that you know off the off the bat. Yeah, I can still see you now playing in fourth, fifth, sixth grade division. I know, man. I know. I know that was some fun times. <laughs> hey, um, when did you start your professional career? Where did you play first? I would say that. Um, I started out in the Middle East, man, in the Mount Jordan, like in the Mount Jordan, right right outside of Palestine and um, like uh, Israel, Israel. So. 
this is what happened. I played like a quarter of my season in a mine, and then I got a I got a deal or an offer from a team in Israel. And yeah, and um, you know, I talked to my agent for a little bit. So I ended up going over to Israel, man. I went over to Elot for a little bit, um, in Israel. And then um mm. from from then I just started I started bouncing around. Like I just started bouncing around like year by year, season by season, I was signing in different places. I think like I eventually played in like probably eleven or twelve, maybe thirteen countries. Wow. Yeah. And that you know, that language barrier in each one was different, right? Yeah, the Arabic the Arabic culture was the most difficult for me as far as understanding and you know, being fluent and things like that, just the language in general. Um most of the European countries I was in they were kind of, they were pretty fluent with it, you know, um, and it wasn't as hard to communicate, you know, with my coaches and players. Uh, but, you know, and even down south, I played down south, I said down south, I'm sorry, South America for a while um, in Chile. And um, I felt like be- between that and Australia probably was the two places where I feel like I could be as fluent or more fluent with, you know, the people I was around because it was more Americanized. What what other countries you mentioned about four or five? What other uh, countries did you play play for? Uh, Amman, Jordan. I was in Amman, Jordan. Um, okay. I played in um a lot in Israel. Um, I played in Brussels, Belgium. I oh. played in Luxembourg. Um, wow. I I played in Chile, South um yeah South Vancouver and in, in Chile. Um, I played in South Adelaide, Australia. Uh, I played out there for two years. Um, what a career! Yeah, man. I like I said, I was bouncing all over the place. Uh, but uh, you know, I got a chance, like I said, to hit every continent. Only continent I didn't, I didn't play in like the, the, the Asian, the Asian. Uh, yeah, I didn't play in Japan. I didn't play in Tokyo or anything like that. China, you know, I didn't go out there in that continent. But everywhere else, I feel like I touched and played on the team in every other continent almost. Wow. Yeah. What What do you think you picked up your passion for for coaching girls basketball? For coaching girls basketball, yes. Um, oh, just I, was it with Scott? No, no, nah, nah, I don't think it was with Scott. I think my 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 passion for it came when I was actually in Australia and I had a month left over after my season, and um, a lady from who was a fan asked me that I want to help her with a group of kids, a group of girls. Um, that she had, it was like 11 or 12 year old girls, huh? and you know, I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, I, I come through because she wanted me to come through and talk to them and things like that. Right. And it, it eventually led to me helping them with their skills and stuff like that. So, initially, I probably would have to say that because that was my first time just working with the all girls team. And okay, yeah, and these girls, I mean, Australia, what I learned about being in Australia was man, was that there's all types of athletes out there man i mean probably one of the most respectable places i've been from an athletic standpoint um but these girls were young but they were athletic they were tuned in and then they went hard man so when i seen that and then i came back home um i think it was just a combination of things man you know my mother you know you knew my mom oh yes um, you know, my mom, my mom, you know, being the impact she was at Decatur and the influence she had on me as far as just picking up a ball. I mean, I couldn't sit around the house. If I was around the house, it was either go play basketball or, you know, I, I had to be doing something. Right. You 
And, um, you know, basketball was something that she always, always, always influenced, you know, kind of pushed me to do. She would even get out there with me a lot and, and shoot with me and show me stuff. So my mom was definitely also uh, an impact with that. And then, like, my daughter, you know, um, me having my daughter. My daughter's seven now. But with her being born, um, that also just, just kind of pushed me as far as, you know, you know, getting a feel for it and making sure, you know, I know the ins and outs of it. Uh, so when she's ready, you know, um, you know, she could kind of filter right in, you know, with me and I could kind of get her going on that as well. So with those three things, those are the, probably the top three things that kind of influenced me to go ahead and go with it. And, um, you know, you know, and, and be in a spot that I'm in now. Wow. Seven years old already. Yeah, man. She's seven, man. She's seven. Um, She's aggressive too, man. She just started playing her first basketball league as of this year, um, <laughs> you know. So you know, I, I and I'm not the type, you know, to to really, you know, throw the sports on her. And, you know, my mom really didn't either, but I, I, she put me around it a lot, you know. Right. So it was more so her put me around. I think she knew what she was doing. Um, so with my daughter, the same thing, man. If I'm training kids at the cater at home, my daughter, you know, I have them with her with me so she can see it, you know, and um. So she comes to me now, especially when she sees my girls' teams and stuff like that. You know, she's daddy, I want to be like her. Or I want to be like her. Or I want to do what she's doing. And it's kind of like it's rubbing off on her, you know. And I think that's most important is that she's coming to me and she's being more vocal about what she wants instead of what I want, you know. And, um, you know, as long as she wants to play and she has that passion for it like I did, you know, definitely I'm going to be there every step of the way for sure. Well, I know your mother did. She was a prolific scorer at Stephen Decatur <laughs> High School, a thousand point scorer. She was virtually unstoppable. When she, uh, I, mean, I, I get I rubbed off on you. I get tired of people telling me that my mom's better than me, man. <laughs> she was a scorer. Man. You know what I mean? I hear it a lot. You know, even her mouth, man. When she used to come out her mouth to me and uh. <laughs> you know, talk talk all that. But, yeah, you know, obviously it's no video. I ain't really never got to see her play at that high school and all that. But all right, trust me. <laughs> hearing, hearing from, hearing from Ms., like, Miss Brentsville, hearing from yourself, you know, yeah, you know like, the, the, like the true Decatur alumni, you know, people who've been around for decades. Yeah. They tell me, man, Aaron, like, you know, your mom, your mom was the real deal, man. And like, it's no doubt, no doubt in my mind, that's where you get it from, you know? That's right. Yep. So I, I, I think that stance, I kind of like, you know, I understand that, but you know, um, it, it's, it's just a blessing. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I would have no, I had no idea. Like I said, it was no visual for me. I've never seen her. Like right. I said, she would step out in the yard with me, man. You know, when I was 15, 14, you know, and, and literally, you know, Make me shoot. Make me do – like she used to always say, you can't do nothing. You can't dribble with your left hand. She was like, you know, you. That's she always used to tell me that. Got to be able to dribble the ball. That was her number one thing. Got to be able to handle the ball. Handle the ball. Because she was saying at a young age, that's the most important thing. Like, you got to be able to handle that rock, you know? It um, is. It is. You know what I mean? Especially at a young age, man. She's like, you just got to – so she really focused with me on that and just shooting the ball and things like that. But I could tell <laughs> – from her consistency and, 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 you know, her, her words, me at a young age, that she was real, real, real invested in me, you know, um, making it, you know, playing basketball. Um, Aaron, do you have a favorite sports memory that you would like to share? My favorite sports memory? Like, one, pro, like all, all time? If um, you have one, 
Yeah. Or two. Or two. Um, I probably, I probably would have to say, I probably would have to say was my first, it probably was my first game that I played at Georgia Southwestern because, okay. and, and I would say that because I was still young. I was, I was in that space of, of a, of a new environment. I had been at Cecil, you know, I come from Decatur, but still Cecil was only an hour, well, two hours away. Right. From, from home so I was away but I wasn't I, I could get in the car we could come home you know whenever but being this was my first experience like being out on my own you know and really really like only having basketball I couldn't get in the car I couldn't go home I couldn't you know see the people like my aunt lived 15 minutes away from Cecil so there was always you know that outlet for me but out there that was my first experience where basketball really was everything like so when I was out there, my first game, man, I had 44 points and 11 rebounds and wow. six, six assists, man. That was my first home game at Georgia Southwestern. And uh, that, was, that was probably the most memorable, memorable for me because it, it, it showed me, you know, in, in a moment or in a space of uncertainty, it kind of showed me that I belonged and this was the game I was supposed to be playing, you know. Um, and you would think, hey man, you done been to a national, you done win the national championship, right? You done played number one school in the country. Like, what you mean? You know, this was a, you know, uncertainty. But it's different when you're in a different, you know, environment. Of course, wherever I go, I'm a play. But you know, new teammates, whole new coaching staff, and just not, not really knowing. I didn't really know those coaches. You know, I didn't, I didn't know my teammates. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't know any about anything about the competitors or the teams I was playing against or the conference I was playing in. So every team, every player I went went against, everything was new, you know. Right. And all I had was my knowledge that was given to me from Cecil and 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 my experience to carry me through all that. And and when I seen, you know, just the level and 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 you know, I was above certain guys that they looked at so as being good. I was like this is it. Like, I, this is something I got to lock in on, man. You know, and when I started getting that support from my teammates and my coaching staff and stuff, really like, man, like you, you really got something special. Then like, I feel like that took off of me, but that game right there is what <laughs> kind of set, it set my mind for that whole season, man. And I, I tore that league up that year, man. That's how I eventually, like I said, become, became all American. Outstanding, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. About that first game. Yeah, man. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a, I think everyone on campus knew my name after that game. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, you know, and that's real. You know, walking to class and stuff. Like I said, you experience different stuff, man, on campus. And like, right. like I said, Cecil, oh. it wasn't no campus. Like it wasn't a real. We didn't have housing at Cecil. Like you right. know, we you know, and we our campus wasn't big. So being out there walking these, on this huge campus and going to school, having people stop, you know, taking pictures and saying all this stuff to you and all that, it was a different experience for me. Um, just being on that level, and there's also just just knowing that man, where you where you came from, you know, and it's like, exactly. you know what I mean. It was just it was it was very humbling for me, but also very eye opening, you know, for me as well. And you've told me a lot today, but um, tell my listeners how coaching, I guess, and sports has impacted your life. Oh man, oh right now, I mean, 
I, I know, like, when you come to the games or when anybody comes to the games who knows me, because I, I know you're very close with Toby as well, uh, Hondo. Toby's a very good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, really good friend of mine. But I speak on YouTube because I feel like you guys have kind of seen the process as far as, uh, you know, where I've come from with these girls, you know. Um, and, and to me, like, you know, right now a lot of people see the team, but they don't really understand the background behind it. You know, we talk about players like Shelby Roseman, you know, who was some, someone that I've taken in since the fourth grade um, and really have helped her with her skills. And she's been training, working, one of the hardest working players I've ever coached. And she, um, you know, she's dealt with similar things as me, man, you know, losing a loved one. I was there yeah. for her for that, yeah. you know. You know what I mean? We we all know when that happened. Um, I was training her. That was actually like my first or second week actually training her as a fourth grader when that happened. And um, she had lost her mother. And, you know, I I lost my mom. So me and Shelby had connected just off of that. Me being there, being a support system for her for that. And us to continue to train. And like where she is now, she's our starting point guard, you know, doing very well. But she was also someone who lost love for the game and stopped playing for two years. And um, I feel like my relationship, you know, with her, with players of, of like that has um, really, you know, shaped me into the coach I am today because it just makes me realize how, how much deeper it is than actually the game. Um, these, these girls are playing for, for something else. These girls are playing for different reasons. These girls have true passion behind what they're doing. So I think that's why we're getting the results we're getting. Um, you know, we talk about Nadia Bullock, who's also a great asset to our team. She's someone I actually finally got a hold of, probably her eighth or ninth grade year. Started to bring her on the road with me as well as far as travel and stuff like that. She's just turned around and just become a dominant force, you know, on the court. Right. And when you start to see the results of your work and, you know, being a lot of people don't know the last two summers, I have dedicated my summers just to these girls. These girls getting better. These girls, you know, getting exposure. And um, we're talking about two girls who I, I, I'm pretty certain definitely are going to go to college and play on some level and, and play play the sport. So, um, you know, that that's what kind of shaped me, man, is, is the work and seeing the results after the work and just seeing that, you know, what you can – what you can turn, you know, people into when when they believe in themselves, man. Being a being a motivator, being um being a good mentor, and just being someone that you know when they see you or when they're around you, you bring out the best of them, you know. And um, I feel like that's the spot that I'm in now. I feel like these girls, you know, not only play for me and play for Coach Kurtz, but like they have a passion, they have a reason, they have a why of why they go so hard and why they play so hard. It's because they've been putting in work, man, and it's, it's a lot of a lot of time, a lot of hours that go behind this, you know, with coaching and things like that. But you get the success, man, when you see the results of your players and when you see them be successful. That's how I get my my um that's how I get my my results and my 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 passion for the game and just, you know, my reward is just seeing my players thrive on the floor and thrive even more off the court. And, you know, um that that's where I get my, you know, my success from. Well, my next question I asked you was going to be, what would you say you like the most about coaching? The most, um, I, I, I would say the life lessons, you know, the things that you get to teach the girls outside of basketball while you're coaching. Um, you know, when we get in the gym, you know, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're locked down, you know, we're going in, we're working, we got practice plans and things like that. But also, you know, 
you know, adversity, man, is something we talk about a lot. Like I tell them, like, man, you can't have a good team. You can't be good at something without going through something. And um, I think it's mm-hmm. like seeing the best, the, the most important part about coaching to me is seeing, you know, your life lessons and the things you're teaching these girls and seeing them achieve and, and you know, get through obstacles because of things that they've, they've, they've uh, bought into and learned, you know, um, you know, not seeing the girls fold under adversity, seeing them, you know, face challenges and getting through it and knowing that like, two years ago, they wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, um, right. you know, so I think that's when you start to see that reward is when it's like you see those girls start, you know, to really face problems and really face adversity and, and get through it and still be successful, you know, um, based off of just their mental, their mental strength, man, you know, they just, you know, you build them up to really, you know, face anything. And uh, like I said, the most important part is when they leave Stephen Decatur High School is that they're prepared for life. You know, they're prepared for life. They're prepared, you know, for work and what work throws at you, what life throws at you, you know, what, what being a mother throws at you. And they're ready, you know, because they're mentally strong. So, you know, coaching is just it's not about X's and O's and winning games and all that. It's about preparing these girls for the next level in the future after when they're not with you and when they're not around you. That's the most important part to me. Fantastic. Um, Aaron, what would you tell tell a kid about following their dreams? <sighs> um, you know, you gotta, you know, I mean, I. I mean, I know you interview me, but, you know, I feel like I'm a good example for that. You know, I, I came from nothing, you know. Um, you know, we talk about poverty. You know, we talk about not having things when you're little. Um, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and oh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a subject that, you know, is, is, it's something I can speak on now. You know, when I was younger and stuff, it was kind of something I shied away from because, you know, you're younger. You know, you're embarrassed, you know, things like that. But. Now that I'm older, I'm wiser, I got more wisdom, I'm stronger. It's just something that, like, when you come from something I come from. Because there's plenty of kids like that you just might not know because, like I said, they're kids. They're not going to talk about it. But, you know, I come from poverty, man. I ain't come from anything. You know, sometimes, I mean, like, no running water at times, you know, electric out, things of that nature. Relate. Yeah, you know what I mean? So when I come, when you come from something like that, um, there's something that's installed in you you know, uh, that, that I feel like stays with you for your entire life. Um, and when you get opportunities, you know, to be better, to better yourself. Um, I always knew in my head, I wanted to play ball and I didn't know when that opportunity would come. I didn't even know if I would be able to do it, but I knew when those opportunities did come and I, I just, I went the hardest and I really just locked in on it because I knew, um, that it, it could, you know, possibly get me, you know, uh, you know, out, out of the situations that I was dealing with as a younger, a younger child. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean, like I said, I had great parent, great grandmother, great mother, you know, raised me well. I always had food on the table and things like that. But it's just as far as, you know, your life and what you want for yourself and, and, and you know, trying to be better. My mom and grandma always pushed me to be better. Like, you, I want you to be better than I, I want you to go out there and thrive. So, um, coming from that, like I said, it's it installed in me to just, just, just go get it. Like, cause you don't ever want to be there or be in that position and you don't want your kids. You don't want anyone coming up under you to kind of go through what you went through. 
because you know kind of what it did to you and you know it kind of set you back a little bit but at the same time you know it's give and take it set it sets you back but it 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 builds you into like you know nothing nothing can stop you you know from 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 doing what you want to do because you you done been through the worst you know so um you know outside of that man just looking back on that and 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 staying staying focused and getting the support from people around me that knew what I was going through, but also tried to push me, Aaron, you need to go to college, go to college. Because like I said, Hondo, if I had came home from college that first two weeks, I've been sitting home, man, you know, no degree. I had no degree, you know, probably not coaching. Who knows what I'd be doing right now, man. I can't even tell you that I've been on a straight, narrow path because I don't know, right? you know. And and um, I think that's <clears throat> volumes on decision-making, you know. Um, I had that decision to follow my dream, to follow basketball, to stay and stay there. And I made the right decision. So, you know, making that decision to follow your dreams is the most important thing. You got to stick to it no matter what, no matter how hard it get, no matter what getting your way. And also who, who tells you that you can't achieve them. That's, that's a big thing for me too. I had plenty of people tell me that I wasn't good enough to play in college. You know, I had plenty of people tell me that, oh, you just need to go get a job. When I could, when I was having trouble finding an overseas job and things like that, but I stuck to it. You know, I stayed with the work. I stayed in the gym, um, and and look what it's done done for me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. follow your dreams, man. You know, follow them no matter what nobody say. You keep your close ones, you know, to you. Um, you understand what you're doing. You always got to have a why. Don't just be out on the playing floor or doing what you're doing in life without having a why. You got to have a why. Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, you got to have that why and that motivational part behind you to really, really push you and, and get you motivated. Like when I was in Cecil, my why was my was my was my mom and, and my grandma. That mm-hmm. was my that was my why, man. Like I look over there. That was my why, because I knew I also wanted to be a provider for them. I wanted to make it so I could provide for them. And, um, you know, I always had a why, man. So have that why. Stay focused. And and once you make up in your mind that you want to be something, nobody can stop you from doing that, man. You you know, and no pity parties. You know, there's no excuses. It's going to be setbacks. It's going to be setbacks. Um, things aren't going to go your way. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. You know, but you got to know that when you fail at something, you got to stand back up and you got to keep trying. I failed plenty of times, but you know, I'm I'm standing right now. But I, I failed plenty of times in my life. But you got to keep getting up. You know, you got to keep thriving. What a great message, Aaron. Yeah, for sure. Now, Aaron, you know, I'm a <clears throat> big advocate for good sportsmanship in, in youth sports. So what role would you say good sportsmanship plays in girls' basketball? Uh, sport, you know, Sportsmanship is everything. Um, you know, that's something we – that's probably like, you know, we got a board in our locker room and stuff like that. You know, the girls start putting up things or whatever. But sportsmanship is key, man. You know, women are different than men. <laughs> I think we all know that. But, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> emotional – you know, it's different. You know, they got, you know, they go through different things with their bodies, stages, and all that. So, um, but it's everything, man. Um, you know, you got to be respectable. You got to be respectable no matter what. We we thrive on sportsmanship. You're on the floor no matter who you're playing. Even if the other team, you know, is, 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 is out of line or, you know, unsportsmanlike, you got to thrive, especially as a coach, to control your players. Um control your players you know because people can watch especially people with a knowledge of the game can just watch a team and 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 see what kind of coach you are um and and if your team is out there acting a certain type of way you know they're gonna think that you know 
and you know you're allowing that as a coach and I, and I don't and um you know attitude I think reflects leadership you know what I mean um I feel like you know their attitude on the floor their responses you know how they how they approach things I feel like that's a reflection of me and my coaching staff and and how we how we, you know, get them, like I said, to approach adversity and get through it. So it's everything, man. It builds character. It shows character. Um, um, and, you know, I, I think it, it also shows you the type of women these 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 girls are going to grow up to be. And um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, yeah, if, if you're listening, you know, um, you know, I think after this week, we got about six straight home games coming out. Can't give you the dates right now, but um, if you go on digitalsports.com and type in Stephen Decatur High School Women's Basketball, um, it'll show you the rest of our schedule. So, um, you know, if you can make it out to a game, you know, come support us, man. We, you know, we up and running. Um, we're chasing the Bayside title. Um, you know, we're the only undefeated team in the Bayside right now. Um, you know, we're, we're supposed to be facing Queen Anne's, who's also undefeated. You know, we're looking to play them tomorrow, but I think the snow might cancel that game. Um, but that's also a team we look in the matchup against in the Bayside Championship. But we just got to keep staying hungry every game. We still got, you know, a couple games to go, but we got to stay locked in. But come check us out, man. Like I said, it's been a lot of work put in. We put a lot of work in to get where we at right now. And, um, you know, I, I think I think you guys would enjoy it, man. But we're trying to change the culture here at Stephen Decatur High School when it comes to women's basketball, man. And, you know, these girls are hungry. So come check us out if you can. All right, Aaron. So ho hold on for a few seconds. Give my sponsor a plug. The 82nd episode of the Hondo Handed Podcast has been brought to you by Residence Inn by Marriott. Your journey to an unforgettable stay at their hotel in Ocean City, Maryland. Located at 300 Seabay Lane. Call 410-723-2222 or find them on the web at residenceinnoc.com. My guest today has been Aaron White, professional basketball player, All-American at Georgia Southwestern. He presently the assistant basketball coach with the Stephen Decatur's girls basketball team, come out and see them play. Aaron, thank you for being on. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Hey, remember, if you think you can, you can. Yes, sir. Stay safe and keep smiling. All right. Thank you, Hondo. You're welcome.